What is up, everybody? This is What's What with Wyatt Wilkes. I am your host, Wyatt Wilkes. Today on the show, I have Will Miles. Uh, he's a longtime friend of mine. He's a teammate. I have absolutely no question, questions. I have no questions written down for him. Uh, so uh, it should be a real good time. Uh, he's a funny guy. We're going to get it going. He's laughing as I do this intro. But uh, thanks for listening. I'm going to keep trying to get these out uh, through all of this corona nonsense. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for listening. Let's get it going. Three, two, and we're live. Will, what's up? What's good, Mr. Wilkes? It's a pleasure to be on here with you. I've been excited to uh, do this with you. This is the first time that I've had somebody on the show that I didn't have a single question written down, nor did I have a narrative that I wanted to follow. Oh, I, I love that. I was, I was so excited when I, I remember asking you if you had any questions, and you said no. I said, this is going to be just great. This is going to be... Uh, just spitballing it. Just... just just natural spitball. Yeah. Just uh, throwing, throwing things, throwing wet toilet paper against the wall. This is just sticks. a peek into just surface level of our conversations of yeah, how the, just, the deep rabbit holes we go down. You know, I can't even, I can't even imagine the, the things we're about to get into in just such a family oriented PG way. <laughs> I mean, we've wanted to do our, do ourselves a, a little podcast here for a while. I mean, we're both big podcast fans. Both big. I remember you showing me the first uh, Joe Rogan podcast that kind of set me on the path of podcasts. And oh, absolutely legendary. Uh, how many have we listened to on the drive back? You know, because it's a four-hour drive. Four, to Orlando. I mean, we're both from Orlando. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later, but it's about a four-hour drive. So. It's like about two podcasts a drive. <laughs> it depends. It depends on the. I, well, I think the first one was the Dan Bilzerian one that he had. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That was just ridiculous, but. You know that we're not talking about his podcast. This is my podcast. Yeah, exactly. And guess what? We get to do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how have you been doing with all this Corona nonsense? And for everyone that might be worried, Will is in a completely different room than I am, so it's kind of weird. But uh, he can still hear what uh, I'm saying, and I can still hear what he's saying. So it kind of works out. But we're still following uh, social distancing rules, and uh, I think uh, he's wearing a mask right now. So I can't see him, obviously, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we'll we'll just we'll say I am. But the good That's thing fair. is we're, we're social distancing, and I guess this podcast format we have set up is kind of an example of everything else in life where it's really weird. It doesn't really make sense, but we're making it work, you know? I mean, yeah, it's pretty much how everything's going right now. It's just you got you to gotta make it work, make everything work. Uh, but, you know, it's just I, I think everybody, including myself, have tried to make it kind of seem better than it really is in all reality it's just boring as all get out yeah that's the biggest that's the biggest thing about this is the boredom <laughs> no no one else too about this i've noticed is the number one phrase you hear from people trying to navigate their way through this is oh we don't have a manual for this it's like the number one phrase <laughs> when something when you know stuff hits the fan my favorite is it's fluid i say that yeah, all the time <laughs> oh yeah it's fluid right now i, I don't really know uh I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, I mean, pretty much all I've been doing is just running uh, schoolwork. I mean, because, you know, we're in online classes, so. But, I mean, hoping, hoping we can all get our, get our you-know-what together and get a season and keep playing because, I mean, I love this. I love this universe and I love this place, but I don't want to be here six years, Will. 
I don't want to be your six year. Five is enough for me. Five is five is stretching it already. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't really want to be twenty four. I mean, I'm a big advocate of the final lap. You know, if you're good, especially if you graduate on time, get your master's. That's a good. That's a great way to go. Because everyone who graduates in four years, they're saying, "I wish I had another year." I do. I do feel bad for the people this past year that didn't get to really graduate like they should have. That kind of that sucks. It does. You know? It does. And and especially basketball wise, just all the seniors around the country that had to go out. Oh yeah, terrible. This year, that's the one thing getting me through this is just the chance for a redemption year next year oh definitely it's going to be absolutely biblical biblical yeah Yeah, we're gonna go we're gonna go we had a great team this year we all thought we had a good chance to make a run in the tournament and win it and then just the heartbreak from that just being able to say okay well maybe next year because we have that team going forward if we if there is a season which i'm praying there is we have that team to make that run you know i tell people all the time like my freshman year, when we went to the Elite Eight, we were healthy, but we weren't ready to win. Then uh, my sophomore year, where we went to the Sweet 16, we were ready to win, but we weren't healthy. And this past year, we had put it all together. We were ready to rock, because everybody's always ready to rock. But we were especially ready to rock. And, you know, with just, I mean, talk about unlucky. We're out there ready to warm up. And, you know, like Clemson doesn't come out and we're going oh, 20 minutes till so, tip off. Sums up here. And then, you know, they take us back and, you know, we they say, oh, the ACC tournament's over. Everybody's bummed. But then they're like, but we could still play the NCAA yeah, tournament. They threw in that little <laughs> yeah, cookie just at like, the end. Yeah, like, here just, you go. <laughs> here, here to make you happy. We'll still get the NCAA. And uh, about an hour after that, that was toast. <laughs> yeah. And the weirdest thing for us, too, I love telling the story to people just because it was so eerie getting off the plane, coming back to campus, and our situation was it was spring break the week before, and we were still here practicing during spring break, but then we went to Greensboro for the ACC tournament. But when we get back, all the students were gone because they, cause they yeah. had left for spring break. And they just weren't coming back. Yeah, so we, it was like it was a just ghost us. town. Yeah. It was literally just us. It was, it's kind of like how it is in, uh, in winter. You know, for everybody out there um, – or, like, you know, during Christmas break. For everybody out there that's listening that uh, doesn't, you know, have a, a real clear idea on what really happens, we are basically the only people that live in Tallahassee on campus or near campus during winter break. At this time, at this point in time, we're, we're certified locals. Yeah, it's... It, you spend it, a couple winters you, you here. Get you, your, you get your Tallahassee local uh, you're, car you're local when you spend point. a couple winters here. I mean... I mean, it's like an apocalypse here every Christmas. <laughs> Things aren't open. Yeah. I mean, Chipotle doesn't even open. You see the tumbleweeds rolling <laughs> yeah. across. You hear the old Western music. It's <laughs> just, <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> All of a sudden, you, you like you just find yourself in in uh, uh, standoffs with guys with six shooters in the street. You know, your legs are bow legged. Yeah. <laughs> you just. You're ready to go. Anytime. You're going full Western at yeah, that point. Yeah, There's no other just, way around it. If you're not, if you're not wearing chaps, whether you have a horse or not, you're out of place. <laughs> <laughs> you're out of place. But you know, it's the NBA is weird right now too. Is they don't know what's going on. No one knows what's going on. That's the problem. That's the thing too. Is the NBA is going to be an indicator for basically the rest of. The rest of basketball, but really the rest of sports, because they're the first organization that's like, we're going to just try to power through this in some way or fashion. Well, I'm pretty sure, didn't soccer in uh, Europe come back? 
I'm yeah, pretty, it did. Are they doing it with fans? I, I, I'm not. I don't no, watch soccer so a lot. What I've seen, it looks like there's no fans there. But a couple stadiums, it looks like they made cutouts. Oh, I saw that in, in like uh, was it uh, Korean baseball? I'm pretty sure. Was yeah, where they had I, like it was one of those sports. Yeah, they had they had uh, one of those sports baseball. Um, they had any sport uh, but basketball. Any sport but basketball. I just say one of those sports. Yeah, I, I got you. They had um, like stuffed animals in the seats, and yeah. then there was another one where they cut out a picture of the same guy. I'm pretty sure where it was like the same. There was like fifty thousand of the same guy. <laughs> it, was, it was like who who is that guy? <laughs> His face is plastered all over television. Right? That I mean that you can even look at that as this could be the new form of advertising. Oh yeah. You start I, just putting I cutouts think, of whatever yeah. your logo is. I think um I think there's going to be obviously people are are having a really hard time with this virus and I, and and the economy's not doing well, but I think things are going to come out of this that we we weren't anticipating. You know, like there's certain things like I I've already noticed like so many different commercials you know, mm-hmm. about just, like, different things, uh, just about, like, um, social distancing and all that stuff. I'm not saying that's going to continue after, you know, Corona's over, but, like, like you just said with the, um, you know, with the advertising and stuff, like, there's so many, like, opportunities that you don't even think about. Like, what would stop somebody from buying a seat and filling it with an ad <laughs> at, a, like, the World Series? Or exactly. You know, it's like... Exactly. There's just all kinds of stuff, and... I just I I think I think what I think the key is going to be the NBA continuing and pressing on hashtag press on and I think that will be the catalyst for most other professional sports. It will be, and I mean the NBA seems to have a good plan going, but even at that, the best plan you can make right now. It's just high high volumes of testing and try to keep everybody in a bubble. Yeah, and it's yeah. like. You really think all those NBA guys are going to stay in their rooms for three months? I, I don't know. Maybe I'll call Terrence and ask. But. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to ask <laughs> but, him. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. Especially for the guys that don't have families, you know, like the guys who have families, because I know that they're bringing all their families out. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I think that helps a lot. But I don't know, especially for like the younger guys or guys that. Um, and like the, these guys, they're used to doing what they want. You know, if you want to go out and grab dinner, you go out and grab dinner. Mm-hmm. But, like, now it's you can't do that. That's a hard transition, you know. So it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, just how everything shakes down. I know there's already plenty of positive cases, and um, I've, I've been seeing a couple guys saying they're not going to play and things like that. And um, But I, I think a couple of those were because of the virus. A couple of those were because of uh, what's going on right now with um, – african-american uh rights and things like that and mm-hmm. um you know them just them believing that you know there 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 shouldn't be sports when an issue this great is going on in our country and i get i totally get that that you know a lot of times when you're playing a sport people i think it was lou will that talked about this that once you start playing the sport again people are just gonna the conversation is gonna be who scored what last night who won oh i totally agree with him yeah and I that's totally, true he's, he's right a lot of issues get pushed under the rug because there's other news going on. But in a time like this where there's no sports, there's not a lot of news going on in the sports world where these guys have a platform, I'm, I mean, I'm proud of a lot of people taking advantage of the platform they have right now oh, to address these issues. And I, I, think, uh, I think this was the perfect time. Now, obviously, it, it, it sucks that, you know, if you go protest, there's a high chance that you might get coronavirus. Yeah. And, and I think – and. 
I, you know, if I was an older person or a person with any type of underlying condition, I would be very weary of it. Well, no, I don't think it, uh, you know, because you can believe in, in anything as strongly as you want, but it's, I mean, you can do other things. You can donate to organizations. You can donate to the actual movement itself. But if you go out there and you get it and you have an underlying condition, I mean, you're, you're not going to be in good shape. You know, so I think that's the only downside of it. But I think other than that, I think this is pretty much the perfect time, you know, mm-hmm. for, for this kind of, uh, these kind of demonstrations, this kind of protesting, and just the movement for, for African-American rights in this country. It's been so long overdue. That's the thing is with the one, if you look at coronavirus, the one positive you get from it is you get a break from the everyday news cycle, the, your everyday routine where you kind of just have to sit and think. And it's just given an opportunity for a lot of people that don't normally have these voices to come out and voice their concerns and voice their ideas about problems that are big in our society. So it definitely, there's a lot of negatives that come out of coronavirus. I'd say this is definitely a positive, but. Definitely. And, you know, we as a team have talked about it. And, uh, you know, one consensus that we've come up with is it's just voting. You know, and this isn't a political thing. It's just simply you know, if you feel strongly about something, you vote for the people who you believe that will better that situation. No, exactly. And, and it, like, you know, and I, I mean, I've said before on this show, and I'll say it a thousand times. I, this is, n- I, I do not like getting into politics. That is not something that I have interest in uh, on this show. Um, I, I, I do stay updated. I do stay educated, but um, this is. You know, I, I'm not going to delve into that because things. So many people have different opinions, and you know, it's just it's really not worth it. I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to fight with anybody. I'm just saying how I feel about certain things, and that's that. You know. Well, and even if you look at it, not when you think political, a lot of times you think the two party system. Yeah, of course. And that's where the conflict arises. But if you're just looking at political, of that's how our democracy works. That's how you are heard is through voting. Yes. Your vote is your voice. Exactly. And, you know, not enough people vote. No. And a lot of people have the misconception that, oh, my vote doesn't matter. It does. It greatly. It, it does. And if you get other people to vote, too, you're, it adds up. Your vote does matter. It's just, it's a small percentage. But it's a small percentage, but altogether, altogether it, when it really comes makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think as a team, um, we really, and me personally, and I know Will, uh, we really, you know, want to, you know, just bring that out and, and say, get, get people to go vote. You know, it, it, to me, it doesn't matter who you vote for. It just matters that you, you go vote. And, uh, I, you know, I think that's really important. No, for sure. Right. I mean, if you're lucky enough to live in a country, in a democratic country, that you can vote and can make go a change, take advantage of it. I mean, there, there are plenty of places around the world where you don't have a say. You don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. And, and we're lucky enough to live in a country where we get to – like, we the people get to decide who leads us. That's, if you really think about it, that's pretty rare. And, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, and I think we should take full advantage of it. But, you know, so, what's your diet been like, buddy? <laughs> what have you been eating? Honestly, that's, that's something else I was going to talk about. Raise the mic up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Is yeah, this you, a little better? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Talk right into that sucker. So, I mean, just thinking about changes that coronavirus has caused, as you know, we eat 
on cafeterias all the time. Oh, which is I'm perfect a, I'm for a cafeteria us. connoisseur. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, you know which if if some person's <laughs> serving that day, you know you're gonna get a good oh, portion. Yeah. Oh yeah, my boy Randy over there at uh, Southgate. Oh he's yeah, he's doing me right. Oh yeah, right. He's chefing up. Uh huh, chefing up. <laughs> but it's interesting with this. You know, obviously cafeterias being closed because those be a hotbed for. <laughs> oh yeah, for that Rona. <laughs> but. It's made me finally learn. I've been saying for years I'm going to learn how to cook. And oh, I've really? never... It's oh, like I, anything. Actually knew, I knew that. You've been cooking. You've been yeah. Cooking. Unless, you, unless you really stick a flame up to me and, and make me... Oh, that's not the phrase. What phrase am I looking stick for? Stick a flame up to me? I don't know. Unless you really put some, put some fire put, in me put, 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 that put, it's urgent. Light a fire under your... Your, uh, your, old, your old butt, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The go. PG version of the phrase. Yeah, I was, that's what go. I was trying to think of, the there's PG version. There's families listening to this. Uh-huh, world. there's families. Anyways, unless you do that, it was very hard for me to get to cook. And basically, when I was back in Orlando, and I was saying I was going to come back up to Tallahassee for the summer, my dad told me, if you're going back up, you know, you're, you're cooking. You're not eating all these meals. Can't you don't have it. the free food anymore. Literally cannot afford cannot to afford eat it. Cannot afford it. you got to start... Look at a cost-benefit analysis in your grocery bill here, <laughs> son. All right. So, but it's been good. It, it's honestly something that's enjoyable. I mean, I know you cook sometimes, occasionally too. I do. I'm I'm more of a grill master, but I can oh, I can true. get on that that stove. I can I can get some stir fry going. Don't, oh yeah. Don't doubt me. But uh, I do love I do love getting on the grill. Uh, I can't I can't uh, I can't deny that. No, I remember I remember. Was this your first year on the team that you grilled out for everybody? That was we were doing a team bonding exercise, and that was the first time I ever grilled for the team. Um, it was when we had like half the food that was necessary to eat. Yeah, and well, that's a given with our team. Yeah, well, yeah, depending depending on uh, what you think, how, however much you think we eat, we probably eat double what you think. Oh yeah, so, easily. Uh, you know, but that was the first time. But I mean, ever since then, I've been trying to have, uh, you know, usually a cookout or two every summer, which I do. Um, usually those are pretty successful. But mm-hmm. this year, obviously, from what we just talked about, you know, we can't be doing that. But yeah. uh, you, I'd like hopefully we can we can get it in at some point because I think, you know, food brings people together. It you does. Know? And I think especially for the, the freshmen and the younger guys or the new guys, I think it really, you know, because, you know, I, I, I get on the grill and, you know, like last year Trent made beans, uh, like big beans, and then Anthony uh, brought, you know, what, what did he bring? He brought something else. He brought some vegetables yeah, or it's something. A, it's a potluck. So it's a, yeah, basically it's just a giant grill, just barbecue potluck, basically. Yeah. And, um, and I think it really just, we all hang out, we watch, well, there's no games on, but we hang out, we watch TV or watch whatever, and, you know, I think we, and we, you know, we get to know each other for a couple hours. That's, that's the key, too. And when you look at our team and kind of the su- success we've had the last couple of years, it's because we do things like that. We go above the required you know, hanging out with your team just in the locker room or practice or studying together. We go above and we enjoy hanging out with each other. We, we put time aside in our day where we hang out with each other and get to know each other. So it's deeper than basketball. Oh, definitely. And people, like we always say, like if you listen to any of our interviews that anybody does on the team, it's always, oh, the culture, oh, how we care for each other's teammates, oh, mm-hmm. how we do this, how we do that. And like I constantly get people that ask me like what like what do you guys mean by that and it's what we mean is we're truly friends 
Oh, we yeah. truly care about each other. Every single person on this team is genuinely happy when another player on the team succeeds. Yeah. And, and that's, you, you, that's so rare. You don't find that you, was, many other places. I was places. just about to say, you, I, know, I know probably 20 other Division One basketball players. At least half of them I've talked to about this specific conversation. And not a single one has said anything close to what our team – no other school has that, – that I know of from a person I've talked to personally – has the type of chemistry that we have, mm-hmm. and honestly, I mean, you got to give a little, you got to give a little bit of credit to the coaches uh, for instilling that in us. But then, you, I mean, a lot of it's just us. Like what we do as a team, like that's just what we do. You know, like we, I mean, it's you know, you if you go do something, you're gonna invite a teammate here. That's yeah. and no, if it's, you don't, it's, it's an unwritten rule. If you don't, it's. Just like it's almost like it's taboo. You always invite somebody. Mm-hmm. Like it, you, nobody like goes to the pool by themselves. No one goes and eats by themselves. In fact, we don't do anything by ourselves. No. And of course, you know that like we get sick of each other, just like everybody else. But it it's never it, it never hinders our play. In fact, it makes it better mm-hmm. because if 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 you and I got into it, it, it wouldn't be like we would we would then become closer because we would talk it out. And all of a sudden, now we know each other even better, you know. So it's like there's never a true issue. It all, everything that we do just makes us better. And I think we've just been getting better and better at it over the years. Yeah. No, it's it's been a blessing, honestly, being in this program at this time. And it's something that I'm going to take away personally as not just a team thing. Like we always talk about the culture of a team, and you need chemistry for sports. But it's something where. As I'm about to join, you know, the workforce, oh, whatever organization thing. I join, it, I mean, that translates over. That's why people love sports. There's so many translatable things into the business world, into any, into any profession life. you do. Any li- yeah, in any my, in just every day life. life. Yeah. You know, it, I, was, uh, I was in the supermarket before. I was actually telling another one of our teammates, Harrison, this. He was on the podcast. Go check it out. I think that was like episode three or four. But uh, I was in the supermarket, and before, you know, all this kicked off, and there was just a situation where I was at the at the counter, and the this lady this lady and this cashier were just they were going at it like they they were not agreeing, and it just kind of struck me a little bit like it was so weird to me because I'm so used to having like having an issue, and then immediately solving it with like using using your words and just like um, like because there's no time. Like in an ACC basketball, there's no time to waste on an argument. Like no. you have an issue, you squash it. You squash a minute. You're max. D- max a minute. Most yeah. of the time, it's under ten seconds. Yeah. You know. So and, and then it's done. Yeah. If it takes more than ten seconds, it's a big issue. It's a big issue, and usually the biggest issues take a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and I, I was just watching them go out, and I'm and I'm standing behind this lady, and I'm like checking my checking my watch. I'm like, golly, you know, but. I mean, it was probably five minutes, and and neither one of them ended the conversation relatively, you know, like like they just felt like they've been wronged, and I I I don't know when the last time I had an interaction like that was, like and I and I attribute that entirely to the team, like mm-hmm. I'm just so used to having an issue, solving it, moving on, getting on with life, getting on with work, getting on with whatever I got to do, mm-hmm. and I think. That is something huge that we do that we don't even notice we're doing it. But 
out of necessity, we just get really good at it. Yeah. You know, another thing is taking criticism. Ooh. Taking yep. criticism. Because you, no matter what you do in a high-intensity field like college basketball. The ACC. The son. ACC. You are going to get called out for something you do. It doesn't matter if you do 10 things right. That one thing you do wrong, you're, get, you're, you're, you're getting... You're going to get let known about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in, in the most quick and... Concise, concise I would call it. Concise way possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, and that's another thing. I, people cannot take criticism. No, they can't. And that's, that's where I, I can honestly... I'll have a conversation with somebody or I'll just view somebody's interaction with somebody else and I can tell if they played sports a lot of times because it's like in sports you just can put things aside beside you you know or put things aside there you go there <laughs> just I go. take physical objects put them aside just put you. them aside <laughs> for for a common goal like if you're in your if you're in a game you get an argument with someone you're like we're down two. Like, I, I obviously hate what's being told to me right now. If someone's in my ear telling me something, I hate. Nobody likes it. Nobody no, likes it, receiving that. But if you know, you just got to get over it. You just got to swallow this one. You just got to take and it on the chin and just keep it pushing. Keep it pushing because I mean, a lot of people don't have that sometimes, skill. Sometimes, sometimes the person's right. Sometimes they're wrong. But mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. You take what they say. You internalize it. You take what, like, if there's things that are worth something in it, you take those, and then you get your job done. You move on. You know what I've been trying to do now that you bring that up is I've noticed a lot lately, not just with other people, but with myself, is when you get attacked for something, if somebody comes at you, your immediate, like, split-second reaction is protect your ego. Oh, for sure. Like Especially just, as a, as a so, male. Yeah, yeah. It's so much. It's just ingrained in you. Just protect your. You protect yourself, and it's made me start to realize that and take at least just five seconds before I react, because that's called maturity. That's called maturity, <laughs> exactly. Because you just your immediate reaction is going to be to protect yourself, and over the half the time you were wrong. If somebody's calling yeah. you out on something, I mean, obviously people if, call you out they, for random of reasons course, that aren't. But if they feel the valid, need to call you out, then you, a lot of the time you were probably doing something that you didn't even realize, but they see it it. from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. And you need that. You need that to grow as a person. You need somebody telling you what you're doing wrong and you need to be uncomfortable in changing that. Definitely. And I think, uh, you know, just the other day I had a friend of mine telling, uh, I'm not going to say the company, but he he was talking about his boss and just saying his boss, how hard his boss was on him and all these different things. And I just, you know, I couldn't help but think through the entire story he was telling me, like, that's nothing. Like, yeah. that's not His boss wasn't even mean. He was just, he was a tough boss. You know, like, that's all he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, my first day of practice, Coach Jones said I was terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my first, when I was a freshman, my first no, day of practice. I think, I think. You're you have an evolution of Coach Jones. You come in and you're like, "Holy cow, this guy hates my guts!" <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone goes through that, and he's just, but it's just tough love. And you just, and then you go, "Okay, all right, I finally." It just takes an experience that something he was tough on you for ends up paying off later, and you're like, "Holy cow, I love that this guy was tough on me." Oh yeah, this. he he has to be he has to be tough like that because it really ingrains it in your head. Yeah. It, it, that 
and but and you you can trust it. You know, exactly. he, he's you always can, the same. You can trust him. He, he's consistent. He's consistent. And, and he's, when you're a freshman, he's consistently on you. He, he <laughs> wants, okay, for everybody out there to know what being a freshman is like in our, in our program, here, I'll give you a little quick story. My freshman year, we were doing a defensive shell drill, which is basically where the, the offense stays on the outside of the three. They don't move, and they just pass the ball around, and we go over our defensive uh, assignments and our, tra- our uh, uh, shifts. And there was a play, and it got. I, I was on the bottom uh, left-hand uh, side of the court, and uh, there was a it got past the corner, and I shifted over to my spot, and he stopped the play, and he goes, "Oh, your feet are wrong. Uh, you need to put your left foot up, you know, a foot." And I go, "Okay, okay." So we run it back. He stops me again, the same spot. He goes, "No, your foot's still not right." Now, after about seven times, I move my foot to the right spot. Now, seven times of running the same drill. This wasn't the first time around swinging the ball. This was like, you know, four or five passes in, and then he stops it. So my team is dead. I'm gassed. Oh, that's we, the worst. And everyone's looking everyone's at you. Everyone's looking at me, giving yeah. me a side eye. And I'm, I am just, I, could, I couldn't believe it. And we're talking inches here. He's moving my foot inches. But, you know, and I, I, I despised him that day. Could not believe he was making me do this an inch. But you know what? To this day, when I do that same rotation, no matter if it's the biggest moment of the game or the first play or whatever it is, my foot's always in the right position. Since mm-hmm. that day, the next day we did the same drill. I didn't wasn't the problem. I didn't even think about it. I just did it. It's tough. It's tough love, man. It's like it's like when you have kids, you're gonna remember that. You, so it's hard to do, but sometimes people just need tough love, and especially as testosterone driven and a competitive as, as we all are mm-hmm. like, you got to have a voice that's like, Hey, <laughs> get this done this way, my way, the right way, or that's it. Get out of the, get out of the, get out of the drill. No. You know? Yeah. I mean, cause we're just all innately going to try to make our own rules. Oh we, yeah. We like to live comfortably. We <laughs> like to set, we have to set the rules, and he just comes in with a sledgehammer. <laughs> just just smashes through that window. Your rules mean nothing here. A comfortability is another thing. That's another thing about being in this program. You you are not allowed, especially your first year. Once you get older, and you like, let me tell you, I could do that system. What in my sleep? If they took like, if they put some wires on my head and mm. and and got a picture of what I was dreaming about, it would be defensive slides. Okay, yeah. but when you're a freshman, you don't and you come from a high school program, and it doesn't matter which high school program, the lowest or the highest, it, the level of what, what you're expected to know and what you're expected to do is so much higher that you're innately uncomfortable every single day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also what makes us so great. There's not a, a breaking in period. There's no warming up period. It's you're thrown in the fire, figure it out. Yeah. Like we're going to help you, but you got to figure it out, mm-hmm. you know? And that's just, I mean, yeah, it's, I call it the comfortability shock. If you want to grow at all, oh, that's a great, that's a great name for it. You just, you, you're going to shock. If I took you out right now and I said, why we're going for a run, you have no choice. The first thing you want to know is how far are we running? If I don't tell you, I just say we're running. I could run you 10 miles. I could run you 20. Or I could just run you two. It could be easy. But you not knowing, 
you would be so much more tired oh, than yeah. if I told you. Because you can't pace yourself. You don't know what's going on. You don't know where we're going. You're uncomfortable. But at the end of that run, if I told you we're going to run five miles and we ran that, and another time I didn't tell you how far we were going to run, we ran five miles, you'd be so much more tired. But you get stronger in that situation, the one where I don't tell you. That is the smartest thing you've ever said. <laughs> I, I like feel Chris like Kamaji, I, that's the that's the best that's, <laughs> expletive you've ever said. <laughs> hey, Chris, that's I feel like I just learned something, but I already knew it. But well, that's how our conversations go, though. You know, yeah, it's it's a it's it's fluid. It's, it's <laughs> fluid. <laughs> Everything's fluid nowadays. Chris Kamaji, I miss him. Oh yeah. Oh, how about how about him getting defensive player of the year though? Not surprising. Not surprising. But did you Not see surprising. the highlights they posted? <laughs> Those blocks. Oh my gosh, he's an animal. He can just, you know, it, what's amazing about him? The he's the second best shot blocker I've ever played with, or really seen. Obviously, first Ike Obiagu. Uh, Ike Obiagu, uh, incredible shot blocker, unbelievable. Did, did things that I've never seen. I played pickup with NBA players. I played against the highest level of of players, and he did things I've never seen before mm-hmm. in high school, let alone college. I mean, unbelievable things, but. This, but the thing with Chris is, uh, Ike best shot blocker. Chris is the best shot shot alter. Alter, yeah. He can just. It, it doesn't matter if he blocks it. It mm. like, and I don't know which is better. I don't know. Like I, I don't. I really don't know because Chris alters every single shot, mm. whether he blocks it or gets a piece of it, whatever, or doesn't. They got to put it so high that it, there. It's almost a guaranteed miss. You know, yeah. and with the NBA, where like obviously there's a defensive three second rule, but he's roaming in that paint. Mm-hmm. You know, and and with their ball screen defenses, um, I'm not exactly sure what the 76ers ball screen defense is, but it, it looks like a you know kind of like a blue drop yeah, a little bit. Just know you know, blue drop. yeah. So which means basically he's hedging it and then dropping back, and uh, it, basically they're just it's daring. basically daring the other team center to pick and pop. Pick That's and the pop, only way you're going to score. Or you know, if uh, the guy gets a good screen, then he's going to – you're daring him to take up. a mid-range jumper, yeah. which the NBA is – that's basically just – Those are two sickness. low percentage pot shots, like off the dribble, off the screen, mid-range jumper, and then a pick and pop with your center. Yeah. Like, so, those are, it's a pretty good defense. Yeah, uh, and so that allows him to kind of range around that, that paint. And, I mean, he just – some of those highlights are unbelievable. Unbelievable. The, there was one play where the guy was driving right, and Chris was at, like, the free throw line and in, like, two steps. And the guy was, like, laying the ball up. He takes two steps and just sends that sucker. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh. And the other thing is just if you look at his body, you remember how talk, skinny he used to be? Talk about filling out. He – has put on just pure muscle as good as you can see it put on. Like, just clean. I, I, he'll send me Snapchat sometimes of him just eating tuna sandwiches all the time. Because <laughs> he just likes some lean sandwich. protein. Lean protein. That's what, we yeah. should have called him lean protein. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, I mean, we kind of saw the beginning of that his senior year. He yeah. started going absolutely crazy in the weight room. Uh-huh. He started know? following all those Instagram fitness accounts. <laughs> getting all these workouts ideas. and. <laughs> But, no, I'm good. I, dude, I'm so – like, that's the thing about our program, too. It's such a brotherhood. Like, it goes beyond your four or five years here. For like, a I see Terrence, Fee, Chris all doing well up at the next level. I mean, I'm, I'm not even naming all the guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, the list is long. It, yeah, the list is long, but it's like we still keep in touch with every, every oh, yeah. year. I mean, dude, look at – we play pickup. We got guys that played here 15 years ago. 
Coming yep. to playing pickup with us. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's, I mean, that that's insane. Mm-hmm. And and it's just, you know, it, oh, my gosh. I, it, it gets me excited just thinking about it. Like, I, I just, I'm hoping, I'm praying, I'm wishing, I'm manifesting that we have a season at this point. Yeah. At this point, I'm talking it into existence. I'm, 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 I'm just counting. You know what? I'm just going to start a count on my wall. I'm going to get, I'm, like, I'm in jail. I'm going to start, <laughs> I'm going to get a big old buck knife, and I'm going to, I'm going to start grave, engraving it into my wall until the days we start playing again. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm starting to go stir crazy. It's tough. It's tough. Just especially being us where, I mean, we get, we go to class in the morning, and then basically from noon, on it's our basketball. lives belong to FSU basketball. Yeah. We are at the BTC for hours. I mean, on a, I mean, I was trying to tell uh, one of my friends this pretty recently, just about he was like, he was like, oh, like how many hours do you work? You know, uh, like you know, like do you think you work like almost a, a full time job schedule? And I was like, almost. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and a full time job schedule isn't even close to what we work. No. Like, and and I always I always refer to it as work because. Honestly, in my opinion, that's what I believe it is. It, it really is like work. I mean, we're, we're there doing a job. Yeah. Our job is to win basketball games. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, I mean, we go to, like you said, we go to work at noon. And that's, that's not counting if you get up early and do some kind of, kind of workout. I was a big fan of getting up uh, before class and, and running, doing some extra cardio. But, um, you know, you, a lot of people, a lot of guys do that at uh, the end of the night. Or they'll do it uh, after lunch or whatever it is. Everybody's got their different things. But, um, you know, generally start around noon. And, I mean, there's plenty of nights where we don't get back till 10 or 11. Oh, yeah. You know, plenty. And you're exhausted. Oh, you yeah. got homework due after that. And it's tough. It's tough, but it honestly is a great teacher of time management. Yeah. And you, you grow up quick. Yeah, you, you grow up quick. You realize very quickly that responsibilities come first. And I think that's a large part of getting older mm-hmm. and, and maturing is you realize that your responsibilities come first. And then fun comes later. You and get if, your work done early. And if fun doesn't come, then that's just how it is. Yep, <laughs> like yeah. you, you got a you got a job. Fun is a luxury. Yeah, uh, you know, and most kids in college, fun is priority number one. Yeah, uh, it's but definitely not priority number fun one. Is, fun is a rare luxury. <laughs> fun is like priority number fifteen for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With fourteen being uh, make sure you eat enough. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> dude, like, the food, just the amount, the sheer amounts of food we go through yeah, is it, unbelievable. The, I mean, on a, I mean, during the ACC schedule, I mean, we cut down practice a little bit just because of the schedule's so tough. But mm-hmm. I mean, pre, I mean, preseason. Okay, that's a whole different animal. At that in preseason, I can eat five meals a day and not gain any weight. And we be just hungry, running so much, and be hungry. so hungry, yeah. Yeah, my freshman year I wore a Fitbit, and on average, but my freshman year was nuts. It wasn't as hard as last year, but it was. We were doing six days a week, four hours. Yeah. But we were doing an average, or at least I was, and we all do the same stuff. So I'm everyone's doing the same amount of running. On average, I was running nine miles a day of practice my freshman year when I wore a Fitbit. Yeah, no, I believe that. Yeah, That's, I, I mean, just kept it in my pocket. You run so much in basketball, and you don't even realize it. Yeah. Well, if you play, I think it's like. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure if you play like 20 minutes, you in a college basketball game you run like seven miles. Yeah, I think it's I'm pretty. I'm pretty there. sure it's around there, and we were running nine. Yeah, and that's just like what you're doing just in practice. Mm-hmm. You're also shooting. You're also lifting. You're also doing extra cardio by yourself. Yeah. Know what I like about our practices though is it's not a lot of get on the line, just run these sprints. 
Yeah, well, because nobody likes doing those. No. We'll just we'll do full core. You don't drills. learn anything when you're doing you that. You don't learn anything. And that's the biggest thing. If you incorporate conditioning into your drills, then, then well, you learn how to play doing, tired. Yeah, those you learn how to play tired. Those skills you're learning, they get just engraved into your memory because you're doing them when at a just your weakest point. Yeah, it, like all of a sudden, you, especially when we first start out, like all of a sudden you'll you'll notice especially like the first like ten practices. When by the end of the practice, simple things become very hard. Like passing, you're like a three man weave oh, becomes yeah. just like, you like start astrophysics. You cramps in like areas where you didn't even know you really had muscles. Oh yeah, like like my like my hands, hands like your not neck. even. I never got not, a neck cramp dude, before I, college. I got a cramp one time that was like up by my skull. I was like, how is that even no, possible? I thought I was like sense. dying. I was like, wait, this is a cramp. You're just you're so depleted of of water. And just you're well, you, you can't even drink. drink enough water. No, you can't. You I mean, can't. I I have I have spent like days getting like of drinking water and electrolytes and like f- like two full days before and the day of and still caught horrible cramps because it's literally impossible to get enough. You just got you know it's coming. You just got to get through it. Yeah, you you get oh, it's so weird what you like can get used to. The human body is amazing. You you can really get used to anything. Anything anytime whenever you get to a point where you're so run down and you say I can't go anymore, you can go. That's back. the exact point that you find your second win. Yeah. It's 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 the point where you either push through or you fail. Or you quit. You quit. You quit. That's that's, that's the thing. And we've talked about this before. Is I know like my parents kind of taught me never to quit in something, and you told me the same thing oh, about yeah. your parents. Oh uh, yeah, dude, I got follow through tattooed on my forearm. Exactly. It's just when you quit, you're just giving up. You're just giving up the opportunity of what if. You're you're not get, quitting is voiding the ability to succeed. Yeah, it's that's just what quitting not even is. Giving yourself a chance. Yeah, uh, you. I'm not saying if you push through, you're gonna succeed. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just saying if you quit, you don't even have the chance. And that's that bothers me. Yeah. Like when things end, like before they're like before they're carried out, it bo- like it, it actually bothers me. I sit up at night and think about it because the, I never got that shot. That's what bothered me so much about the season ending was mm-hmm. we never even got the chance. I believe that we would have won it, like a hundred percent. Oh, I, I mean, I I hundred percent agree with you on that. But it's rare that you have just five positions where you've got three guys in each position that are all solid. Oh yeah. We we have two legit ACC starting lineups. Yeah. Legit. Legit. That like could that could win the ACC. Our entire yeah, our the our entire bench could finish top 5 ACC. Yeah. And that's pretty rare. And somebody the other day <laughs> some of my friends is like, "Dude, why on earth would anyone go there?" <laughs> and I was like, True, but we also win and put guys in the NBA. (laughs) That's the thing is like a lot of things that don't really make a lot of sense at first. You just got to look at the results of it. Like our results kind of speak for themselves. Dude, Pat's going to get drafted and that's going to be the second guy in back-to-back years from our program that didn't start. And he's got a shot to get drafted in the lottery that didn't start. They get drafted first round. That has to be that has to be a first time that's ever happened. Two years in a row for sure. Uh, I don't know, but it, I mean, I assume so. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm trying to think of in the past years. I can't really – in the first round? Oh, I don't know. Maybe second round. Like maybe like a Kentucky yeah, or a Duke yeah, maybe second Kentucky round. Yeah, Kentucky or something. But in the, in the first round, I mean – I mean, what did he started one game ever, or did he did he yeah, ever start? Yeah, I think one? he might have started one or two. Did did past Pat, Pat never Pat, Pat, I think Pat started like one or two. He may have started one or two, but I mean, just the fact too, you got to speak on when you speak on this, you you have to touch on just their overall attitudes of being okay with coming off the bench. Oh yeah, being that good enough to be a first rounder. And having the humility and the understanding of this is going to pay off. Dude, I started like one or two games last year. Horrible. Never want to do that again. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. It's like, because I'm so used to coming in after like the first unit and mm-hmm. everybody's tired. On Everyone's tired and you get to see how the flow <laughs> yeah, of the game Exactly. Going. I started and all of a sudden people were running just lickety split up the court. I'm thinking, Golly, I never want to do this again. Like, holy cow. And, like, yeah. Yeah, like people are always like, oh, our starters are gassed after the first four minutes. I'm going to give you a little insight. That's because they are. Because <laughs> let me tell you, the other team is flying. <laughs> I was like, I, at halftime, I, I told Coach Jones, I was like, Coach, I'm, I'm starting this half. Never again. <laughs> I was like, you, you pull me off that bench. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I'm not safe for this. Noah's great, too. And this story has to do with you is I remember like beginning of the season, you were still trying to figure your way out of what shots you should take when you're in the game and you're still getting comfortable. And then it's like we get to the Notre Dame game at home and you come in and uh, you know, you know how we do scouting reports on other teams. They're like, they're obviously this guy's going to hit, you know, one or two threes, probably just close out on him. You come in, just go five for five from three. And then from that game forward, you kind of found your groove mm-hmm. And started knocking them down, but I mean, they must have been so pissed. <laughs> they <laughs> must have been like, dude. And the thing was, cow, it's like guy, after the nineteen that game, right? I don't even know. I think it, I? I think it was somewhere around there. Uh, well, uh, the after after the second one, you know, I, like I've been closed ha- out hard on my entire life. I'm used to that. So like after the second one, I'm thinking, you know, all right, like throw up a pump fake and you know get into the paint and get a kick out or get a layup, something. And I, they, I just kept getting open shots. Yeah. And I was just like, what in the world? And then, you know, obviously a couple times I uh, just shot over guys. But, um, and th- dude, that's another thing that this, this team is always good at is just shooting over people. Because our wings so are tall. always so long. We're so tall. Like, we just like, if, if you're not, if you're under, if you're 6'5", if you're under 6'5", if you're 6'4", below, I don't even think about you closing out on me. Mm-hmm. I don't. Like if you're if, if you're running at me, I don't even think about it. You know what, too? This is the first year too where I wasn't really worried about other teams' defenses. Like, oh, if they play a pack line or they play up the line, kind of like us. This is the first year where we had so many different options and we moved the ball so well that it didn't matter what defense you ran against us. Yeah, we, it really we didn't. would adapt and figure out a way to score against it and and adapt quickly. Mm-hmm. You know and. You know, there's always the keyboard warriors on Twitter that are like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. We pretty much, I mean, I would say every single game except for like maybe like one or two where we weren't playing great, we knew what we were doing. That doesn't mean we were hitting every shot, mm-hmm. but like we knew what was going on and we knew how to get open shots and we were getting open shots. Yeah. You know, and like we're not always going to shoot great, 
but no, sometimes it just it rolls just doesn't out. it just doesn't fall. Yeah, but we're getting open shots, and yeah. that's like that's the key. That's the key. A lot of times, if you're a better team, is just how many more open shots you get. Because yeah. a, a bad team can beat a good team if the good team misses the open shots. But whatever team's yeah. getting more open shots. Uh, well, if you're if you're talking about the league, you know, or like ACC, you know, just just, just calling it the league. But um, if you're talking about the ACC. If if you're not hitting shots, it's very very difficult to win. It is, it is very difficult. You like you pretty much have to be hot every game. You know, and and or at least you have, you need one or two people on your team yeah. to be hot yeah. every game. Good. And that's the beauty of us. We anybody play so can many get guys, hot. anybody can get hot. Yeah, like the second Notre Dame game. When as soon as I came in the game, I, I mean, every time I caught the ball, I had one guy stunting at me off the corner, and then another guy running at me. Mm-hmm. But then I just get off of it. It swings right back around, and it's like they, uh, that game they left MJ open late, and MJ just starts sinking threes. You know, I, like I never had to worry about hitting a shot. wasn't my job. It was, that now, game was unbelievable. That was MJ's job. And then Trent at the end, obviously. I mean, I'm going to say it right here and now. If 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 you if anybody's been listening out there till the end of this, Trent is the most clutch player ever. Michael Snare, six game winners, all right. He's you know okay. Yeah. But Trent is the most clutch player that's it's, ever played here. I mean, it's different when you see it in person too. It's different when it's you just, know what play we're you, running. Yeah, you know they the other team knows what we're gonna run. They know who's gonna take the shot and where it's gonna be. And they still they can't, can't stop, stop it. it. They can't stop it. No one can stop it. I it's that's the crazy thing about Trent. We can't stop it in practice. I mean, not just in a clutch situation where he's taking the last shot, but in everything, he just calms you. His whole demeanor, you just know that when Trent's got the ball, it's going to be it's going right. to be all right. Yeah. And you know, you know what else I feel like it's going to be all right when he's guarding the player that I know that's going to have the ball on our yep. team. Like, uh, like when other team has like you know their guy. When I know that he's like he's got the ball and Trent's on him, I'm like, you know what? We're winning. <laughs> Like, whether we're down, we're up, like, it doesn't matter. Like, we're winning, you know? And that's the beautiful thing about Trent. And mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of people don't get to see. Like, we got to see that up close. We got to see. And something I'm so glad I got to see is just Trent's growth. Because I came in the same class as him, is he was so quiet freshman year. Yeah. Just so I mean, I mean, quiet. T- I mean, still, he's still quiet, but... Like I'm a, I mean, I've said before, I've said many a time, I, I believe that the point guard has to be the most vocal on the court. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I think it needs to be the five man, okay? But I think the, the point guard needs to be the most vocal. With Trent, he's the only player I've ever played with or against that truly doesn't need to talk that much. Mm-hmm. He, can, he says very concise things. That make yeah. that that relate to the game and to everybody playing in it, and then he just gets the job done. He just gets it done. He like I mean, there have been a couple times where he's been like, you know, we we get we get in the just like just the player huddle at the like you know the ball goes out of bounds. He's been like, you, I need you there. You set that. You uh, like the, like look for the offensive rebound on the backside. You, I want you on the wing, and then he just makes a play. Like mm-hmm. like there's no play call. He just makes a play. You know, and the, and and he said thirty words. You know, and it was like the best thing. That's all he needed to say over five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, and that's just what makes him so great. Yeah, we've had we've played with some great players over the years. We've been really lucky. Been really, really lucky. Yeah, 
Uh, and they're all such good people. Yeah. Too. You can't. I mean, I mean it's, uh, we talk about them playing, but you I know mean, you're in a good situation when I'm already thinking about our 10 year reunion, oh, 30 yeah. year reunion. How fun oh, that's going to be. be! So much fun. We just got to win a chip, bro. We got to win. We got to win year. a championship, and that'll solidify it. Mm-hmm. Now, now that it's if now if we don't, that's not going to take away from these relationships in no way. No, but. We'll get to party a little bit harder when we're all thirty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we win a championship. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know, and the you know what's amazing to me hmm. is they all still talk to us in the group chats. Yeah. You know, it's like it's hilarious. Like you got a guy like in the middle of his NBA season and he's sending us memes yeah. <laughs> like, in a group chat. Exactly. <laughs> like it's it's just hilarious. It's so it's so unusual. I just I've never heard of any other team being so close. I could talk about it for three hours. Yeah, you know, I know that's I'd, the thing. I would people would stop listening, you know. But yeah, you're, just, you're, you're I don't care. Listeners would just plummet. <laughs> it'd be it'd be it would go up to like fifty four minutes, and then the fifty fifth minute, they'd just be like, you know what, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> can't take it. Somebody just so, Twitter cancel this guy. Somebody <laughs> just hashtag cancel him, please. Hashtag. I don't know what he did, but just do it. Just get him <laughs> off the air. I can't. I can't listen anymore. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, uh, I'd say that about wraps it up. I think we could go forever, but uh, yeah, I, um, you gotta you gotta close the curtains on this because we know, could keep talking for hours. Yeah, it would. It, I would say that was a good thing to end on because if we moved on to something else, then we'd go yeah. <laughs> probably over what I wanted to keep it at. Mm. I'm trying. To, I've been trying to keep them uh, like under an hour, under 55 minutes. Um, you know, because like I, and I'm, I'm I'm no, you know, I'm no Joe Rogan. I'm no. Um, like Mike and Mike, I'm not. Yeah, uh, you know, you got, like, you got Will Miles as your guest, not Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm <laughs> yeah, not yeah. about to explain the D- universe different, to you. Different level. Yeah. Uh, there's there's levels to this. You there know? is levels um, on all sides. But you know, and and I just think about you know how I would listen to one of those podcasts, and which is three hours, and and I don't listen to it in a day. No, you know, I listen yeah. to it over the course of a week or something. Mm-hmm. And I want this podcast to be something that people can sit down and listen to and enjoy over in a night. Or, you know, like they get their kids or they get, um, you know, their significant other and they, they sit down on the couch and they listen to this and hopefully they laugh or they learn something or they just simply enjoy it because we're talking about something that's interesting. You know, mm-hmm. and um, that's, that's really what I want this to be. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I th- obviously I have to improve. You know, well, there's always things to improve on. I'm no, I'm not a pro by any means. Yeah. In fact, I mean, I'm, you're starting though. You're I'm, starting yeah, it out. Starting. You're, lo- you're exactly. figuring your way out as you, know, you go. So, and it, I mean, if, just the other day, I listened to the first one I did, and then you compare it to now, it's just a, obliteration of. <laughs> I don't even. Is that a word? Obliteration. Oh yeah, obliteration. that's bullshit. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit's okay. word. I'll give, him a sh- I'll give him a call. But um, it just a ob- it obliterates. Um, <laughs> you know, the first episode. You know, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, so uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, you go, you go cough and laugh, and I'm gonna wrap this up, right? So, um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, this was what's what with Wyatt Wilkes. I had Will Miles on. It was a great time. He's still sitting uh, in a different room, so I'm gonna have to say goodbye to him from this other room. But uh, I think we did a pretty good job. If if you like, think that you know it it sounded weird or something like that or it was a little bit off just you know like please you know comment and please if you liked it uh, if you didn't like it leave a comment 
on on Apple Podcasts and just like let me know what you think. Uh, leave a review. Uh, that really gives me the feedback I need. DM me on Twitter. Whatever you got to do, I don't care. This is my longest outro ever, but you know this is a pretty pretty exciting episode. I had a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a good one.